0: Amazon Land's NFL streaming rights, so what? And should Twitter be charging? I don't know. I think we should be charging Twitter, shouldn't we, Tom?
1: I think so, for all the activity we give them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is episode 61 of Media Unplugged, the podcast that goes behind the spin to reveal what's really happening in media.
1: Media Unplugged with Tom Asacker and Mark Ramsey.
0: Welcome to Media Unplugged. I'm Mark Ramsey. And I'm Tom Asacker. This episode, Tom, of Media Unplugged is brought to you by Stack Adapt. StackAdapt is an omnichannel digital advertising platform that helps brands accelerate customer acquisition. If you are an agency or a brand, the biggest challenge you have is capturing attention. Tom, you and I talk about that every single week.
1: Absolutely. Nothing happens without attention.
0: That's right. StackAdapt, that's S T A C K, adapt, helps you find audiences that are reading about relevant topics or competing products before they search for them. That means you reach potential customers faster and more efficiently. It's simple technology that works. Visit stackadapt.com and request an invite today. Tom, Amazon lands NFL streaming rights, so what? So what? So what indeed. Now, you know the story, right? Because we talked about this when Twitter landed NFL streaming rights. Twitter live streamed 10 Thursday night games last year. There was a big fuss. They paid 10 million bucks. And now Amazon says, well, we'll take that and we'll raise you $40 million. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So so now Amazon's paying $50 million uh, for the same 10 games, it seems. And here's the thing about this deal that's interesting.
1: They're going to be different games, Mark. What do you mean? They're not going to be the same. yes,
0: but... (laughs) OK, don't mind me. I'm just the same know. strip of 10. <laughs> I mean, I, I know I may not know much about sports, but I was aware that sometimes the configurations are altered for reasons which are beyond my comprehension. Uh, right. I'm just waking you up. That's all. I understand. So now, uh, first of all, look, you and I have been saying forever that these platforms, the Amazons of the world, will get into live entertainment. Right. Have yeah. we not been saying that over and over? And it is only a matter of time. And, uh, you know, Twitter's one thing. Amazon's, I would argue, in a different category, as is Netflix, as is Apple. Um, but it's only a matter of time before we see uh, more sporting events, before we see the Super Bowl, before we see the Oscars, all of these things live stream. Because here's the thing that I think a lot of people miss in this. This isn't even exclusive, Tom. They're oh, not, no. these, the networks are, have them, too. The networks have them, too. Uh, NFL has them, too. Verizon will stream the games to its wireless subscribers. Mm-hmm. So this is just pure additional distribution this, for $50 million. I mean, from the perspective of any of these platforms, <laughs> it's hard to see, especially the NFL, it's, uh, it's hard to see the downside, right? Oh, well, wow. listen, when I heard this
1: news, I, I could actually feel a tremor. <laughs> no, I did. I mean I could I could see the impending disruption, you know. The end I could. I could see the end game. Because these are strategic moves. The, the, this is all about the end game. I know people think this is about, oh look, we gave the people that have prime some additional value, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. a Thursday night game. That's crazy. Most of the people who have Prime also have network TV, and they're not yes, gonna they go do. on Amazon and watch it right away. That's right. That's right. right. So something else is going on here, and I, I think I know what it is. Let me ask you: Let's What brand in the United States do you think is like one of the most hated? Definitely in the top ten hated brands.
0: Uh, any cable company? Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. <laughs> right. So if you look at this, and we've talked about this before, it this is about cable cutting long term. Right. That's the end game, right? So now Amazon has this chance. To see, can we get this live NFL broadcast thing right? Mm -hmm. Because they can do what they want now. They've got this game. They can put things on side by side. They can put data on the bottom. They can do what they want to try to create even a more engaging type of game. Mm -hmm. But more live events are definitely in Amazon's future. No doubt in my mind.
0: And and that makes sense. That that uh, of all the people mentioned in this particular article from Recode, you don't see a mention for the cable companies, do you? No. Um, I, I guess except for in the case of Verizon, which is just you know bigger than than that. Um, uh, because the, again, what you define as a cable company in this day and age is no longer so easy to define, right?
1: Listen, if Verizon, if Verizon with their with their you know FiOS that 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 network that they have to the home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If that thing blows across the country and you can get that at a decent rate, you're talking extremely high-speed Internet access to your house.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You cut the cable. Right. That right? is the cable. That is the cable. You don't have to worry about the TV guys anymore. The interesting thing, too, about this to me is that, you know, it, it's, it's interesting that what was worth $10 million last year Uh, And by the way, remember that the NFL defined that as an experiment last year? Yeah. You know, I think there are 10 million reasons why it was more than that. (laughs) But now there are 50 million reasons why it's more than that. But it's interesting that even from Amazon's perspective, they don't value the exclusivity here. They value the content more than the exclusivity because their model isn't about, you know, attracting eyeballs the way... The network's models about attracting eyeballs. They're playing a bigger, a much bigger oh, yeah. game, right? Yep. Yeah.
1: Look, this, like I said, this is a long game. We don't, imagine if all of a sudden you heard in 2019 or 18, oh, Amazon just picked up rights to all the NFL games. Totally conceivable. It, of course it is. Listen, Jeff Bezos. And not exclusive though, right? No, not, he doesn't no. care about that. Right. Right? See, this guy, I don't think people understand how this guy thinks and what kind of game he's playing. He just announced that he's going to sell. Think about this. He's going to sell a billion dollars worth of Amazon stock each year to fund Mm -hmm. his Blue Origin, his space flight business. Mm -hmm. This guy's thinking long term. Mm -hmm. He's thinking big bets. Right? Look at these movies that he's betting on. Mm -hmm. That's my bet, anyway, that that's what's going on here.
0: Interesting. I also appreciated the kind of the, the take on Twitter. The, this will relate to our next topic. Uh, it says in the piece, this year the NFL seems to have made a different calculation by putting its Amazon, by putting it behind its Amazon Prime paywall. Amazon will reach a smaller potential audience than Twitter. Uh, the feeling is that Amazon has maybe 66 million subscribers or larger. Twitter has around 300 million users. But, and here's the, here's the part I loved. Brian uh, Rolap, the NFL executive in charge of the league's media deals, argues that Amazon should be able to find at least as many viewers as Twitter did since Amazon Prime members visit and use Amazon a lot. <laughs> I mean... First of all, what, is, what kind of slam is that against Twitter with a platform, you know, many times larger uh, than Amazon's Prime platform?
1: Look, look, I mean, it's
0: obvious what he's saying. People don't go to Twitter to watch TV. <laughs> well, and that was shown in the numbers where uh, there were, the average was less than 300,000 viewers per minute. Compared to CBS and NBC, where it's fifteen point eight million viewers. Exactly. Now, those are different measures, obviously, but the point remains the same. The other thing I think that Brian is saying implicitly is that I'm gonna find a way to rationalize the extra forty million dollars, no matter what the logic. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're listening to Media Unplugged with Tom Asacker and Mark Ramsey. Should Twitter be charging? This was a very provocative piece, Tom, that you sent from a publication called The Information which is, has to be subscribed to. That's how important this publication is. <laughs> you had to send me a PDF. I, I'm, I mean, I had to subscribe. Right, right. Independent yeah, of Mark. that. On, right. My so uh, the piece was a guy named uh, Sam Lesson, Why Twitter Should Start Charging. This just befuddled me start to finish, Tom. You're going to have to explain this logic to me. Go ahead. Because in, in my view, the following is true, and you can easily convince me that it's not, but good luck. And that is, I think the Twitter <laughs> cause is hopeless. Um, with 300 million users and an inability to move the needle, uh, and I might add, uh, the fact that every, that there is a cottage industry of tweets amplified by other media who extend that reach well beyond those 300 million. So in other words, you can't ask for better distribution than Twitter has. And yet, <laughs> it's not growing. Uh, the user experience is dreadful. Uh, The people are really into Twitter, a relatively small fraction of the whole. And the business model is evasive. Other than that, it's a great thing.
1: (laughs) Okay. Um, So that's what they're talking about in this article is how do we take all of that, what you just said, and turn it into something that has value for people? Yes,
0: although the author throughout the article says, well, this is unlikely to happen, but here's an idea. (laughs) I tell you the truth, I like the idea okay well let's get, review for me what the idea is, and then we 'll talk about it in essence it's it, this is how I would describe
1: it instead of treating Twitter as a broadcast medium where everybody just goes and posts all these things whenever they right. want as many right. times as they want, and then what you hope to do is get so many eyeballs that somehow you monetize it with some promoted posts or whatever right
0: mm-hmm.
1: instead of doing that, you treat Twitter. A Twitter, Twitter Twitter like an email service,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So in other words, okay, you want to read all this stuff? Read it. Fine. That's great. Follow your fan. Follow your celebrities. Read, read what the politicians say. Great. You want to post something? Then you're going to have to pay.
0: And how, is that, how is that different, Tom, than essentially what Facebook is right now, where if you want to get something seen by a lot of people, even people who follow you, you've got to pay for it? Yeah, no, that, why do you think Facebook changed that algorithm?
1: <laughs> they, yeah, because they were giving is, away all that attention for free. So Twitter's giving away all this attention for free. You're not paying for it. So they're saying, okay, I'll tell you what we'll do.
0: We'll, uh, in this article anyway, we'll, we'll charge you. But here's the difference, I think. I think the difference is that there's a use case for Facebook which doesn't require um, buying ads in order to maximize the utility of the platform, right? That is the action of me connecting with my friends. I'm gonna miss some of their posts, but they're gonna miss some of mine, but we can still communicate to each other. I can still like and share and do all that stuff with my friends. Ah,
1: here's the The, difference The
0: inhibition is to the advertiser, not to the consumer.
1: Yeah, but here's the difference, just what you just said. You look at Facebook and you say, okay, this is a platform to connect with my friends, And to interact and to share and to do updates and keep, you know. But look at Twitter and look at what people post on there. The people who follow people on Twitter aren't their friends. Right. Right? These are people who are following each other for some kind of reason, hoping that they can get attention for whatever it is that they do. So Twitter isn't, you know, friends and relatives. Twitter is how do I follow people and they'll follow me back so that maybe I can get attention from them and give them some attention back? So it's all about, it's, it, it's pretty much a, uh, an advertising medium. It, at least that's what I see on there. I mean, we well, tweet out things on Media Unplugged, right? Yep. It's not to tell our friends.
0: It's to no, let I, people
1: know, to get attention.
0: So let's follow that thread. So if, in fact, it's an advertising medium, can we be surprised... When the medium fails to grow, <laughs> can we be surprised when um, it's not as uh, uh, um, interactive uh, with a growing uh, user base as we might wish? Why should we be surprised if the value proposition is, in the long run, reduced to simply you are the source, you are the uh, the uh, you are the eyeballs that we're using for advertising? Why should consumers get excited about that? No, they, look, see, this is the thing. A lot of people do follow the
1: it's just celebrities or so. So what Twitter is saying is, hey, OK, look, if these celebrities want to advertise mm-hmm. to these hundreds of thousands or millions of people, we'll let them post things. The people who are seeing these posts, they don't have to pay to see them, to read them. They can continue to follow and read and read the news and all of that. But the people who want attention, who are going to post all these things, let's charge them to post this. I, I, it seems smart
0: to me. I, I mean, well, cause here's then, where go ahead. I, I think it falls apart here. And that is that it assumes uh, it assumes a finite universe of competitors, right? Uh, It ignores the fact that Snapchat's out there. It ignores the fact that Instagram's out there. It ignores the fact that that, that, that celebrities, the people with the largest followings, have other platforms that they can use to reach those followers and that they don't need to use a a paid-for subscription model if they don't wish to. That's what makes them celebrities. They got big because they don't need to buy the attention, the attentions following them because of their halo. No, I I, I understand. So I think that, in other words, that what essentially they do, and this is his argument, why not embrace rather than fight the reality that the medium is dominated by the relatively few who produce content? By the way, what medium isn't? Why not align the business model of value and charge those who get value and have large audiences for the privilege of reach? Users who don't pay would be limited to following accounts, replying to users, or retweeting, to which I'd say, great, and the people that you ask to pay will simply move to other... Uh, rising platforms, um, growing platforms, platforms that are already friendlier to video and and, and images and so on, and uh, they'll they'll leave the they'll leave the party, and then the party will stop.
1: Maybe, look. If, if, let's say that let's say that you uh, that you went out and you and you had some type of escalating fee based on number of followers or something like that, right? Like like they do with email, and. You, you set this bar low enough so that the people who are under 10,000 followers spend $149 for the year. Mm-hmm. You, you know as well as I know how freaked out people get thinking that they're going to lose all their followers if they don't spend $149, mm-hmm. right? So they'll just pony it up. They'll just say, or, fine. And, and then the people with the millions of followers on Twitter are going to have to ask themselves a question. Do we want to pay this fee to continue to tweet out to these people or do we want to dr- drop it and see if we can go get them you know, somewhere else or hopefully they have them somewhere else? But then that begs a question. If, if, if I have all these people over on Instagram or Facebook, why do I need to be on
0: Twitter? Well, see, that, what's interesting to me about this is when Facebook went through this calculation – uh, by the way, a lot of the advertisers on Facebook concluded, well, we're not going to spend that money. Right. Yes, we're not getting organic reach. We don't want to pay for a paid reach. We simply won't spend the money. We'll get the attention another way or we'll factor out Facebook as part of our arsenal. Um, I, I just find it interesting – that um, this conversation is happening at at, at a time when we've seen this play out in the Facebook model. We know how it goes. And the other thing that's different between these two specific platforms is you could argue that Facebook said, look, this is a solution to the problem of content clutter, right? That we are going to thin out the feed with stuff that either – um, usage indicates is important enough to be there, or advertising indicates is important enough to be there. Um, but we're going to thin out the feed. There's going to be less clutter. Twitter is all clutter. Twitter is clutter town. <laughs> right, but <laughs> so, this would unclutter some of it, wouldn't it? Well, it would unclutter some of it, but would it, you know? Um, I don't know. I don't know. At least there's – it feels to me like there's more of a qualitative difference in the decisions made by Facebook than in this. Here you're basically saying, um, you, Kim Kardashian, um, you pay the price. You can reach all your people with all your messages. That's not the same as saying I, the recipient of Kim Kardashian's messages, want to see all her messages. We don't know that simply because I follow her. Right. So I, I just think it's way more complicated and completely ignores the presence of competitors in the space, especially rising competitors who would love nothing more than for this to actually happen. And then to add insult to injury, the author essentially says, well, this is not likely.
1: <laughs> well, look, Mark, they've got to do something because, you know, just look at the fact that Amazon just beat them out on on the uh, NFL streaming. They don't have right. the pockets to compete against these other guys for things like video and live video and so they're going to have to come up with some alternative.
0: Not only that, Tom, but um, based on the metrics uh, from their experience, their experiments, so-called, with those 10 games, um, I don't think they have the evidence. They don't have the proof. No. So they, they, they've they tried these experiments. They've invested in these live events. I mean, the idea that, okay, so I can tweet and watch it in the same place. Whoever said that's what consumers wanted?
1: <laughs> oh, no. I, I told you that nobody wants to do that.
0: Yeah, the idea of watching something on one platform that I'm comfortable with and tweeting about it on another platform that I'm comfortable tweeting on, what's wrong with that solution? (laughs) You know, that's not a problem that needs to be solved. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Time will tell on this. Time will tell. Remember, this episode of Media Unplugged is brought to you by StackAdapt. StackAdapt is an omnichannel digital advertising platform that helps brands accelerate customer acquisition. StackAdapt helps you find audiences that are reading about relevant topics or competing products before they search for them. That means you can reach potential customers faster and more efficiently. Please support Media Unplugged by visiting stackadapt.com and requesting an invite today. Tom, it's time for Rants and Raves.
1: Yeah. It is, you said something good here. this week <laughs> I don't know you know what I've got a one word rant rave. How's that for celebrities let's make it for celebrities, people looking to connect with their fans on Twitter and Instagram okay. and Snapchat right. and Facebook. you ready?
0: Yes, I am Bots uh, that's <laughs> I, I, you know I think i'm done i I think it's possible that <laughs> That's already happening widely, it's and happening. it's just not widely acknowledged, Look, right? it's
1: happening. This is, the, that's, this is the new celebrity trend. So you create a chat bot, right, an, an automated program, and it greets and interacts with your fans online, so you don't have to worry mm-hmm. about it. It's like Maroon 5, they have a mm-hmm. Facebook Messenger bot, and when mm-hmm. you go to it, a text bubble pops up. It says, hi, I'm the Maroon 5 bot. Want to be the first to know when we release new music? And then it comes out with a series of questions with multiple choice answers, and it leads fans down a path with emojis and video clips and everything.
0: Bots, Mark. Bots. So, what's the end result there? Does it collect an email? What does it do? What does it? Uh, does it? You do whatever it, it, you want it to do. You don't have, see. You don't have to do anything anymore.
1: This is this is what's going on. We don't have to do anything. Bots do everything. Like you said, you can hire a guy to write a book for you. Book in a box. Then you have a yes, bot to
0: interact with the fans. You
1: just sit at your desk. You do nothing.
0: By the way, Book in a Box has reached out to me like twice. Did I send you the email they sent me like a week or so ago? No. They've reached out to me twice in the past week because they've got a new... Uh, what's referral program Tom so you can see where this is going the pyramid begins right so I get a bunch of people to spend money on booking a box and I get a piece of the uh, I, we shouldn't oh, even mention their brand oh man oh man you Listen, should have been more vague
1: this is the future AI is going to replace everything celebrities we're going to gawk at animated models we're going to watch virtual reality concerts we're going to be entertained by AI actors there's not going to be anything. No, there's not. A, people aren't going to be anything. Just sitting around, like Wall-E. Those guys <laughs> that just sit with the thumbs.
0: <laughs> Listen, Wall-E had a lot of heart, though, and I don't think these bots are going to have that.
1: <laughs> technology giveth and technology taketh away. That's Mark.
0: great. That's a good one. That's a good one. Well, <clears throat> let's see. I've got a, I, I guess a, um, a couple that are. Uh, No, they're not related, I guess. But the the, the first one that kind of struck me was, did you see that Netflix changed their uh, rating system from a five-star thing to a thumbs-up, thumbs-down system? When did this happen? I think it's happening right now. It's in the process of happening right now. Oh, I don't like that at all. Uh, Tell me why.
1: Because it doesn't tell me anything. I mean, how many stars... At least when you looked at the stars, it's, it showed you a rating. It said like 3,000 people or, you know, because if you have 20 people watch it and mm-hmm. 11 thinks it's good, is we're going to get a uh, thumbs up?
0: Well, we, we don't know from uh, Netflix uh, how, many people, how many people have watched it. Do they have the count on how many people watch oh, yeah, it yeah, just something have Right rating? next
1: to the stars, like in, in brackets, it'll say it'll have a number there.
0: Is that Amazon, or, or is that Netflix, oh, maybe or is that that's Amazon? Amazon? Maybe that's Amazon. See, I think that's Amazon. Okay, so okay here's I'm getting why, mixed up. <laughs> here's why, yes, exactly, and here's why I bring this up, because I don't think you knew this, because I didn't know this, but one of the main reasons why they changed this was because people misunderstood the five stars. Now, I know what you're thinking. How in the world can you misunderstand that, right? <laughs> well, it turns out, Tom, if I'm reading this piece right, which is from uh, The rap, that those fives, the, the, the score on each uh, title on Netflix is not a reflection of how everyone who sees the movie feels about the movie or the TV show. It's a projection of how likely you are to like that movie or TV <laughs> show.
1: <laughs> well, you know, Mark, I've never really thought of it. Have you ever rated
0: a show with with your clicker after you watched it on netflix yeah we do it because it's on it's easy it's on the roku it's easy okay on mine i don't even
1: know how to do it so i often wonder who's rating these things
0: (laughs) well the answer is but see this is the insight i didn't realize this they say one of the reasons they're changing this is because quote-unquote people misunderstood the five-star system now tom when you (laughs) presume to project meaning onto a metaphor that's been established for generations with something that means something completely different, maybe you shouldn't be surprised that folks <laughs> are confused. <laughs> okay? So their solution was, well, people understand. Thumbs up means you'll like it. Thumbs down means you don't. So that's why they went with that more polar, polar, uh, polarized uh, model, because people misunderstood that, that the stars weren't a reflection of how America feels it was a reflection of how the Amazon robots. thinks you're going to fit. Yes, once again, back victory, to the, the robots again. <laughs> so that's that's the first one. This, the second one I have, and that that one was kind of a I don't know more quizzical than rant or rave. No, I think it's the second funny. one I have is kind of a a rave of sorts. And this is not new. Have you seen you've seen the opening number to uh, La La Land, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, have you seen the new video that's that's going crazy viral right now, where a 17 year old I guess, high school filmmaker um, recreated uh, a version of the opening number in order to invite Emma Stone, star of the movie, to prom. Oh, no.
1: (laughs) No, is it good?
0: (laughs) It's really good in a high school theater kind of way, yes. He obviously has a whole lot of friends and he was able to, you know, fill up a parking lot with people with signs and. You know the choreography leaves much to be desired, but in terms of sheer ambition, charm, and heart, you know it's what Amazon, what Netflix, what Amazon would call five stars, and what Netflix would call a thumb up. Um, (laughs) And here's what, and it just has gone crazy viral. And two things occur to me here. First of all, I have this very very sad picture in my mind of Emma Stone looking at her 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 publicist and asking. Does this mean I need to go? <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> that's one. But the second is, I have to contrast that with the other kind of crazy viral video that's in the news right now, which, as you know, is from Pepsi. Oh, and this God. is the. They and I don't want to spend much time on this because everyone's working this over pretty good. The Pepsi Kendall Jenner I protest know. ad thing, and it just occurs to me that here are the difference between these two is. In one case, you have, you know, kind of overbaked celebrity uh, being in the presence of something where she doesn't belong, thus lending an air of inauthenticity to something which is fundamentally inauthentic on its face and presumes um, to project authenticity. And on the other, you have a guy, (laughs) a 17-year-old guy, um, you know, from his heart, creating this, you know, Version of the opening number of La La Land to send a message to Emma Stone, and it's just the in a world where all we talk about is the importance of authenticity. I know. Um, here you have one of the world's largest brands, um, you know, doing making this awful mistake, and you have this guy in high school um, making this viral success, and just the contrast between those two struck me.
1: You know, Mark. <clears throat> It's funny. You say that Pep, that they made a mistake. Do you realize? Oh, I don't mean a business mistake, no, Tom. I, I know. I know. No, you I mean a mean,
0: cultural mistake. I mean a cultural mistake. Yeah. No, I think sales for Pepsi are going ri- to go through the roof as a result <laughs> of this. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I'm well, just should,
1: then the next time they should hire a, a, a 17-year-old kid that has, this, that has some bright twinkle in his eye and say, go make us a video. Uh,
0: they could do that. Or they could hire Kendall Jenner. Which do you think they're going to do?
1: I know, probably the Kendall Jenner. <laughs> did regret. you
0: see? Did you see that they apologized to Kendall Jenner? They apologized to you, her. Why would you apologize to Kendall Jenner? What did she they? She made do? a what ton of money do? for a job. What's to apologize uh, for making her look bad? I guess they should have given her a bonus. They gave her a bunch of attention too. That's right, and we know how <laughs> precious that is. Exactly. That's Media Unplugged for this week. Please remember to subscribe to us at iTunes or on Stitcher. And while you're there, please rate the show. It helps other folks discover us. You can also catch us at Art19.com, Radio Inc., Media Village, Google Play Music, and TV News Check. Although I have yet to see us on TV News Check, Tom. I I'm know. a little... They say it keeps getting sent up there, but someone needs to make a decision, and evidently they're deciding not to decide. I know wow. that happens sometimes.
1: Tweet it out before they charge us to do these well, we tweets. We should
0: indeed. You can follow Tom on Twitter, at Tom Asaker and Mark at Mark Ramsey Media. Send us your questions or comments using hashtag MediaUnplugged. If there's a media topic you want us to cover, tweet us. Catch up on older episodes, which are still, I can refer to as vintage now, vintage. <laughs> at our website, MediaUnplugged.net. Special thanks to the producer of MediaUnplugged, Jeff Schmidt. Exciting audio for media. You can find him at jeff-schmidt.com. For Tom Asacker, I'm Mark Ramsey. Thank you for listening.